2: Blackfoot, connect to more.
1: It's four o'clock. Welcome to Tutela Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Oh. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The baseball season is over as the Cubs lose. Get swept out of the postseason.
0: Major shock factor
1: there. You know, the Marlins, really? That's the way it's going to go? It's New Tellinuana's on 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Good to be with you on a Friday afternoon. Despite my can can't-takers attitude at the moment, we will get over it and we will tell you how we're going to get over it here shortly. <laughs> but we are happy to be on board with you rolling downhill into your weekend. Thanks for letting us roll along with you. If you would like to call, 361 3688 is the phone number. 361 3688. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. You can also pick up, uh, you can also text that phone number, excuse me. So, yeah, you can pick up the phone to call it, pick up the phone to text it, 361 3688. We want to have your feedback. We'll be happy to hear from you uh, throughout the course of the show today. You can also listen live. You go online, 1029ESPN.com. You check out the stream. The stream is available all the time. It is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. Several things to get to here right off the top of the, the, the show. Uh, rumors swirling about Southern Utah and what uh, their conference membership looks like. So we'll get into that a little bit, perhaps a little bit into NBA Finals Game 2, and perhaps a little bit into the wild card. Do a quick kind of quick hitters across the board here. We'll even give you. Maybe some baseball cards here uh, while we are, uh, you know, hanging out together. In about, oh, 30 minutes from now, 25 minutes from now, Mike Dugar joins us as he does every Friday. The 12 for the 12 segment. He covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Athletic. He's going to talk to us about the 3-0 and Seahawks traveling across the country to take on the 1-2 and two Miami Dolphins. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, who uh, on Levitard today, they said, does Ryan Fitzpatrick look like the Apostle Paul? <laughs> Yes, he does. He looks like the Apostle Paul. Hi, Colter. Welcome to the show. Anyway, uh, we will also get into our student of the week. Maggie Wilson. She is uh, from Great Falls. We will talk to her as well. Top of the hour, we will uh, hear from Dane Oliver. You know, We heard from uh, McMorris yesterday in the uh, uh, Hellgate Knights. We'll go through what happened in their game. Uh, just an unbelievable shootout. Huge, huge points being scored last night uh, between uh, 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 Glacier and the Hellgate Knights. So we'll get into that. We also, of course, on a Friday, going to have the chick who doesn't know sports. So there you go. There's our Friday show for you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. If you're in a bad mood, we want you to be in a good mood. I've been in a little bit of a, you know, unhappy mood the last 30 minutes as the Cubs lose 2-0 and get swept out of the postseason. And I'm going to make my mood much, much better right now by drinking some Florence coffee and having myself a Florence Coffee Company coffee break. The weekend is upon us. It's a good time to stay awake, enjoy your Friday evening, sleep in tomorrow, hang out, go to a Florence Coffee Company kiosk. They're all over. Western Montana locations everywhere, down the Bitterroot, in all the major towns, up the Flathead, and, of course, all over the city of Missoula as well. Got myself an iced latte. It's a beautiful day, beautiful early autumn day out there across Western Montana. Coulter, standard, iced Americano, a little bit of cream over there for you as well. Our thanks to the Florence Coffee Company for hooking us up once again.
0: Gotta love it. I gotta say my joke off the top. I wasn't saying... Shocking as in mocking you, like, oh, surprise, surprise, the Cubs are out of the playoffs. For about three seconds, I thought that you meant baseball was over, and I dismissed it.
1: Enough with this. Now you, you, the chick who doesn't I like, know oh, sports man, isn't till later. I in said the show.
0: I'm, I'm not, I, I've been paying so little of attention that the World Series happened and I didn't oh, even know. Oh, My
1: goodness. Uh, so anyway. I, I,
0: okay, I, you know this. I tried to. I, I decided you were. You lectured me for a day about I how I needed to just, just just shut up and watch
1: baseball. Just get over it. That's right. And
0: and I I was like, okay, you know what? I am. I'm gonna. And so then we shot with SWX, and then we went to uh, our friends at uh, Katie O'Keefe for a minute to watch the end of uh, the Yankees Indians game, and I watched the Indians for 20 minutes, and then it was over, and uh, that was
1: disheartening, disheartening return to the game. Yeah, well, it was a disheartening return to the postseason for the Chicago Cubs who get swept by the oh ol- so dangerous Miami Marlins, of whom I cannot name one single player from the Marlins. They are uh, a bad organization run badly. They're the sixth seed in a, in, in a team that would not even be in the postseason in any normal year, and the Cubs get completely shut out in the second game and lose both of them. And that's it. And that's all. I used to go to
0: uh summer camp in Carroll college in Helena at, at Carroll college every summer. Yep, And it was basically like pseudo summer school. Okay. <laughs> that's how big of a nerd I just, was. Just. Uh, <laughs> but you could take all these cool classes and there was like, they were like, they're probably between high school and college level classes. Some of them would be were considered really easy college level classes, but this was when I was in middle school. Um, but one of the, but you could take some pretty fun classes too. One of the classes I took was the history, the twentieth century history of baseball. And I was thinking about the Marlins today. a hundred years from now, when you're analyzing the late twentieth and early twenty first century history of baseball, there is no team that has a more fascinating career arc or or, or I mean, you can say career because the Marlins are so new but the way that they've done it is so bizarre to go from expansion team to win a world series more quickly than any, to win a championship more quickly than any expansion team in the history of pro sports. I think burn it down, build it back up, win it again, burn it down again. (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, there's, there really is no parallel for teams that have straight fire sailed their franchise,
1: right? Uh, Not that I can think of, but Uh, then, but, but not just fire sale, but then came back Then come back. That's right. Um, by the way, uh, tonight the uh, uh, S- St. Louis Cardinals and San Diego Padres will play the rubber match, the third game, winner move on uh, in their series. And then Monday we get into the divisional round of the uh, playoffs, which is what we normally you know, have a little bit of normalcy around the playoff situation. The Yankees will play the Tampa Bay Rays. The Houston Astros will take on the Oakland Athletics. The Yankees record, Colton. Do you know what the Yankees record is on this season, sixty game season? Tell me. Thirty three and twenty seven. Okay. You know what the Tampa Bay Rays? No, tell me. Guess. Forty and twenty. <laughs> Forty and twenty. Nice. <laughs> They no, you just stare at me blankly, zombified, and just regurgitate the right answer. It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> the razor forty and twenty, get out of here with that. So those are on Monday. Obviously, we got NBA Finals, uh, Game Two tonight. Quickly, let's start, Colter. Now, this is this is rumor that is and 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 somewhat speculation or conjecture, but that is coming from sources who have some knowledge of this. This is not just like you know chat room whatever you know uh uh, uh, fans people talking it's people that are this is not reported per se it's not necessarily sourced per se but there is uh there is there is reporting that the WAC is going to start football and that they are going they are adding at least one school to the WAC okay so that is I think pretty founded and we could say
0: the other thing worth noting too is that the reason that the the thought of the WAC bringing football back has so much momentum is that they've added several members to their league that have football that are going to be playing as SCS independents. Uh, a lot of people are around here, I think people in Montana are familiar with the Division II powers like Central Washington, but... I don't really know if people are that familiar with what D two football is like in Texas. Mm. The three main D two football programs in Texas—West Texas A and M, Texas A and M Kingsville, and Tarleton State—are better funded than half, at least, the Big Sky of Conference the
1: FCS school, yeah. I
0: mean, West Texas A and M would be like third in the league in attendance. They yeah. they draw like twelve thousand fans every game. I mean, it's Texas, and they yeah. have. Great athletes, but they're fully funded with the exception of scholarships. Well, Tarlington State's moving up to the FCS and they join the WAC. Dixie State, same thing. I just don't, that's why it has so much momentum because you have multiple schools that are joining the WAC. That's official. Yeah. that have football that are not going to just play independent football
1: in perpetuity. Anyway, the point of this is is that now there is talk that perhaps one Big Sky Conference team, Southern Utah. Maybe joining the WAC, or at least, you know, when when we say team, obviously the athletic department, the school, Southern Utah, which would affect all the sports, but notably football and basketball, of which they're a part in both sports of the Big Sky Conference. We've talked a lot about how awkward the Big Sky is in terms of the number of teams that are in it, especially for football. Right. Uh, And at least from the perch up here bordering Canada, Southern Utah feels like an outlier. Of course, you can say just about anybody's an outlier, depending on where you are, because it's eight states and two time zones and all that. But obviously, when you talk about the size of the department, the school and so on, Southern Utah would be one of those schools that you go, okay, well, what? you know what are they bringing to the conference as a whole does it make sense to have continue to have an awkward number to you know accommodate and accommodate or welcome them and, and others i don't know the answers to that but the idea that they might leave the conference is i don't know it's uh, maybe not that surprising maybe it is surprising I, I, i'm not sure and we don't even know that it's that, that is what is happening but we have there there is that conversation that is being had out there
0: it's worth recapping the history of the last 10 years of the Big Sky when we
1: talk about this. The show's only two hours. When
0: Doug Fullerton was the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, which he was the commissioner of the Big Sky for 20 full years. A lot of people actually laughed at Doug Fullerton when he was proclaiming and prophesizing what was going to happen in terms of the fracturing and the gap that would continue to grow between the power five of the FBS, the group of five and the powers in the FCS, particularly in the big sky conference, because the big sky has such a unique strong footing because it's the only league in the FCS out West. So even though the big sky is probably not in the top 10 or 12 or maybe even 15 conferences overall in the scope of division one athletics, it's a good conference. Mm -hmm. I'd put it in the middle Right, I mean, yeah. some some conferences you just can't really catch up to because of the money, but the big sky is it's, it's in, a, in the middle, but out west it's number three, and that gives it even more power than almost yeah. any other FCS league. But Doug Fullerton, he predicted Idaho coming back down to the FCS. People thought they'll never do that; they're too cocky. They 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 will never swallow their pride. They did. He thought Utah State was maybe. A realistic thing, but they've got it rolling now in several different sports because they were had a little bit of a dip, but then they hired two ex- exceptional coaches in football and men's basketball, and now they're back rolling. But when Doug Fullerton made what at the time was a completely outside the box, and a lot of people thought radical and wrong move to absorb the entire Great West Conference, which at the time was a four-team FCS football league that did not have an auto good to the playoffs, People were thinking, "What what's going on? Why are you adding Cal Poly, UC Davis, Southern Utah, and North Dakota? Well, originally, Doug Fullerton had gone after North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and South Dakota. Imagine if the big sky would have landed both Dakota, all four Dakota schools. Yeah. The league looks entirely different and entirely more, much more continuity and so, so, so strong because you have all these schools where – the dynamic that Montana, Montana state thrives off of being the biggest show in town. Now you have like half the league is that, mm-hmm. but they went after the great West because they thought then they could get specifically South Dakota state to break away from NDSU mainly, but also South Dakota and maybe even get South Dakota too. They thought the South Dakota schools were more realistic. The, the NDSU was already so. This is 2012. So NDSU was already working on their first three Pete, but Doug Fullerton's entire plan was to add the four teams and then add three more because 13 is the dumbest number you can have, but it was never supposed to be like that. It was supposed to get to 16 teams and then you have two divisions Mm -hmm. and they were going to have a championship game because he thought all this was going to fracture and then Wyoming might be coming back or maybe Montana, Montana State, some of the charter schools can move up or whatever it might be. It hasn't come to fruition as fast as he thought it was going to, but in reality, he wasn't wrong. But then, when Doug Folger retired right after the expansion of the Big Sky in 2012, the league went a completely different direction, and expansion has or expansion and retraction have not been a part of the narrative mm-hmm. under two different commissioners since then. So it's it's been this this omni I mean, what do we talk about at the Big Sky kickoff every year? It's the number one thing we talk about with coaches. Schedule. How dumb is this schedule? Yeah, and it drives. Everybody crazy and no one has a solution for it. Now, if Southern Utah it really is on its way out, I think that it could be the first domino in what could be a really in my opinion, good thing for the league. So that's my question for you. There's also rumors that Northern Arizona might be on the way out the door. Northern Arizona people, you got to remember Flagstaff and Cedar City Utah are the closest in proximity of any of the, any two towns in the big side Conference with the exception of Moscow, Idaho, and Jeannie Washington. Closer than Bozeman and Missoula. Closer than Missoula and Cheney. So NAU and Southern Utah, they've played a rivalry game for a trophy for 25 years. Yeah, That's their rival. Mm-hmm. Battle for the Grand Canyon. But let's say Southern Utah, hypothetically, Southern Utah and Northern Arizona leave the league. Good, bad, or indifferent for the Big
1: Sky Conference. Um, is it better? Here's the thing is that the scheduling side of it is is a little bit better although not wholly resolved i don't think nau uh being out is good for for the big sky conference i think nau is a, is a pretty strong athletic department in general and certainly in football and men's basketball has been competitive and has fielded good players uh good teams and i think that's the thing that you want more than anything you right. like teams that are just bad and not and not going to be good. Yes. Um, that's what you don't want to have and NAU has not been that. And actually to and some NAU is a charter member of the Big Sky
0: Conference too. Right. That's worth
1: remembering. So, it's one of the eight original members. And Southern Utah has not been good recently in football but they have they they were a co-conference champion just a couple of years ago and they have been very competitive in men's basketball at times and so you know it's Here, not, it's not like just like you're cutting off okay these are the bad schools or something like that
0: but you are in in the case of Southern Utah because when you look at Southern Utah you have to think of it from an institutional level mm-hmm. So Utah's had some good football teams. They've won the Big Sky Conference. They've shared three league titles since they joined the league in 2012. That's impressive. Most of that was built on the back of Ed Lamb and his ability to dominate the niche of the LDS, the, the Mormon kids coming back from missions that weren't going back to BYU. But regardless, So Utah's not Division I in almost any way except for their athletes, but when you look at what their school is, it's the it's the smallest enrollment in the Big Sky Conference by far. Their their campus has really no no commonality with any other school in the league. It is Southern Utah's existence in the Big Sky Conference is the most expensive thing in the Big Sky because you cannot fly to Cedar City, so it costs every single team mm. in the league money, more money than usual because they got to fly here, stay here, bus here. It's a pain in the neck for everybody. Like when you go there, they don't have Division One locker rooms, facilities, none of that. Like, the halftime, the away team does the meeting on the softball field. It's not Division One football. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody needs to be like Montana, Montana State. That's not realistic. And you at least has a visitor's locker room. Yeah. Sac State has a visitor's locker room. Portland State plays a high school stadium. They still have a visitor's locker room. Right. You can't just be, like, chilling on the, the softball field. Regardless, I don't think there'll be any cried tears if it's Southern Utah leaves the league because I really don't think they have ever really entrenched themselves in the tradition. And I don't think that, I mean, every coach will be like, hell yeah, we don't have to go to Cedar City anymore. Right.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. It creates maybe a little bit of symmetry, and it would be interesting to drop the uh, basketball schools that are in the big sky from 12 to 11 and the football from 13 to 12. So we'll... we'll We'll obviously monitor this situation and update accordingly as we go. It's Tutel is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Coming up here in under 10 minutes, Mike Dugar from The Athletic. 12 for the 12s. The Seahawks go into Miami to play the uh, Miami Dolphins this weekend on Sunday. We'll have that game for you here. We'll talk to him about that in just a couple of minutes. But, Coulter, the, uh there's one game left to be played in the uh, wild card of the Major League Baseball uh, round of the po- postseason. It is the third game between the Cardinals and the Padres, and what a game last night where the Padres were on the ropes and then Tatis pops off for a couple bombs, and I forget who else did. Two two guys had two home runs each in that game in a, a, a high-scoring affair. A 10-9 win over uh, the Cardinals last night. But they got to go ahead and win a third one. The Cubs are out. They're the low, the highest seed to be out with their number three seed. They're done for. So we'll get into uh, all that and more. But Colter on ESPN right now a big article about the rebound of trading cards. Oh, buddy, and you know better than anybody. How big a deal it is. And so we are going to do another little rip session for you. And we got a little a, a little prize pack for you, oh, too, yeah. which we'll get a, give away. This is this
0: is cool too. Cause I'm I'm actually I don't know what's in here. I, I uh Hillary down at Zootown Sports Cards, she always builds these little prize packs, and they're always phenomenal. Uh, but I don't know what she put in here today. So if, right now, if you want to give us a call 361-3688, we have this uh four packs for you. So we got two Donruss Elite football we got a Donruss Optics baseball, and we got some Stadium Top Stadium Club baseball. This here is probably about $40, 45 bucks worth of packs. I mean, this is this is a good little haul you're gonna get here. This is this is fun. So, give Reese a call in the back 361-368-8. Second caller. We got a little prize pack from Zootown Sports Cards, and Gus, you're ripping the the Donruss uh, the
1: Donruss premiums. Is that what you got? We got a Donruss. Uh, football pass Oh, there's the daughters straight up. Those uh, are slick-looking. And that's Paninis, for those of you who are are uh, like me and don't know what's going on. Devin Singletary, right out the gate. I'll take that. Okay. Kenny Stills, Shaq Griffin, well, Shaquille Griffin, Cameron Jordan, strong, Russell Wilson. Nice. Excellent work by me there. A Mark Ingram uh, specialty card. Now, what's this elite series... Nick Chubb, sick. I'm, I'm winning. Oh, what is this? Oh, oh, show the Nick Chubb. Col- to the, show the Nick Chubb to the uh, the camera. I'm gonna give this to. Uh, I'm gonna give this to my friend Colter out of the goodness of my heart. What do we get? Oh, Dalvin Cook. No, the Dalvin Cook and a game winner over the. Uh, over nice. the Saints in the uh, playoffs, one nice, nice, of, nice the nice. only time it ever happened.
0: Nice. So I got the uh, I got the Allen Ginter. These are really sweet baseball cards. Uh, they're if you're looking on the camera, you can see they're kind of like paintings. Pretty cool. Ooh, they got a little little digging deep courts. So they got these little cool little. All right, but get to cards. the get to the now we got to get to the goods though. So as why we always talk about Zootown Sports Cards located at the corner of Higgins and South, right next to right across from Dornblaser Field. It's fun for all ages. If you want starter packs for your kids, they got them. If you want to buy individual cards, you don't want to do the packs. You want to just go get yourself a Luka, Luka Doncic or Michael Jordan or LeBron James. They got those for you for sure. But they also have packs for you to rip, just like we're doing, you know, affordable packs. But they also have premium cards too. So what I got here is the 2020 Blacks, the Panini Mosaic Blacks. So this is just gonna be five cards. This pack right here retails. I don't even know how much. Hundreds of dollars. It's what, two, f- 250
1: two fifty, I think, but I don't know for sure. And which means that uh, you know what you're gonna get out of that thing is you know they're all gonna be about as good as it gets. I mean, top end premium cards. And again, I mean, right now cards are fun, but they're also a major investment. And uh, so you know, it, and also. You get the thrill of the rip session, right, Coulter? I mean, that's the whole point of this thing. I'm having problems Well, what's new? What's new over there? I mean, they got the thing sealed up tight, you know, because they're good cards in that thing. So you got to be, you know, you got to make sure that you get it right. Do you need some help? No, I got it. You, you, I don't... (laughs) He's using a headphone jack to get into this thing. I've done this before, where you buy like I don't know a hammer, and it's twisted up inside the packaging with like some wire and stuff, and you gotta you know figure out a way. Who makes the who makes the tools to get to the tools? Sometimes
0: you got like the like the clippers. Oh, I got kids. You open up a doll. Good
1: luck trying uh, I mean, to get a doll. It's Unbelievable.
0: Out. So here's what the fancy slick pack looks like. I can already feel that these are pretty thick. This is going to have something sweet in here. I well, can of course tell it's going to
1: have something sweet in it. This is one. By the way, we don't get to keep these. So just so we're no, clear. no, yeah, This dude, is, we're, we're this, do- is, this
0: is promo for the the store. Okay, got a little DJ Chark. Oh, ho, 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 ho. little Adam Thielen uh, jersey card. Man. I might have to ask Jason if I can keep that
1: one. That is a nice one. A little another Devin
0: Singletary. No, this is yeah Devin Dervay. Dur- Dur- is this is a oh not jersey Okay, jersey card with a official autograph as well. Got Jared Pickney. Oh oh, I thought it was a Joe Burrow auto for a second. It's not Grant Delpit.
1: Oh auto. Grant Delpit What's out of LSU city. to the but Cleveland I thought, I, Browns. I, I
0: thought it was a Joe Burrow auto. I was going to say, oh man, this is nice. But if you need wherever you're into, premium packs you want to just stack the packs, you want individual cards, head to Zootown Sports Cards, corner Higginson South. We really appreciate them. And tune in every month to Tell Noir for Rip Session, your chance to win prize packs from Zootown Sports Cards as well.
1: 12 for the 12s with Mike Tugar next.
0: to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not.
1: Oh, 12 oh, 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 so for the 12s coming up with Mike Dugar. He's going to join us in just a couple of minutes here. She's telling New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television outstanding to be with you on a friday afternoon thanks for hanging out with us at gus tutel at 1290 espn at skyline sports mt uh coulter i just want to i got to ask you a couple of questions here okay uh quickly what is the uh most important position position group uh, for on a, on a football team if that team's going to be good um what is
0: the most important position group on a football team if that team is going to be good? The defensive line.
1: You think the defensive line? I do. Not the offensive line?
0: I think, that it's, I think you could have a good, a good to even really good offensive line and yeah. still not be great. The what? Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion, have a top 10 offensive line, and they're not good.
1: What's your favorite position group? Uh, offensive line. What did you play? Offensive line. Okay. <laughs> and, Just once more for me because we're up to four now. Say offensive line one more time. Offensive line. So, my sister lives in South Africa. One of my sisters. Mm-hmm. It's late in South Africa. It's Is late. She your favorite sister? I have. I do not put numbers on it. Uh, my my brother's my favorite brother, though.
0: <laughs> if you told me that Kelsey either was or was not your favorite sister, either one of those, she would call you screaming.
1: Yeah. But in any case, it's late in South Africa. They're like eight or nine hours ahead of us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's Friday night. On Fridays, I just found this out. I was speaking to her, to her today. Uh, she's, you know, uh, you know, there enjoying herself and so on. And uh, sometimes she'll listen to our show. God bless her for doing it. Man, you got a lot of loyal people in it, your life. Isn't that something? And she listens to the show, and it's late on a Friday. And so you know what she told me today. She plays a drinking game to our show, and she takes a shot every time you say offensive line.
0: <laughs> so I just (laughs) killed your sister. This is this is mean.
1: Is that what a smart person she is? I mean, that is a great game right there because you're you are bound to get offensive line hits out of Colton. You are.
0: You're also bound to. I'm just trying That's to. It's p- negative for your health because I talk about the offensive line on every single show <laughs> exclusively. <I
1: think. laughs> That's six, by the way. Oh, That's six offensive line, offensive the, line, oh, offensive man.
0: line. got the greatest. You know, you know, who has the best offensive line in football? Who's that? The Green Bay Packers.
1: No, you're right. The, Indianapolis, the Indianapolis, Colts. The Colts do. The Colts do. And you know who's you know who's right there too? Though it, to me is the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are. I mean, they are. The
0: they, Ravens aren't as good. The, uh, the Ravens are good they still haven't replaced their alpha dog because they had one of the great alpha dogs in the league in Marshall Yanda. They still, yeah, I mean
1: you're not replacing Marshall Yonda. <laughs> you're
0: not, but I I I'm saying all I'm saying is that uh y- the best offensive lines are the ones that have like that transcendent just dog. Yeah. Like when the when Steve Hutchinson was playing, <laughs> yeah. you know, or um
1: Walter Jones. Walter Jones Seahawks was, was, football. Yeah. was
0: such a quintessential one.
1: Exactly. So I, speaking of, by the way, we're going to get here with Mike Duggar in just a moment, but the Seahawks 3-0, they uh, are going to play the Miami Dolphins. The Seahawks have, I, I think they have given up the most passing yards of any team in football through three games. And also have thrown the most. For, yeah, right. right. Except have for the, to be. But here's the other thing that I'm trying to, trying to understand a little bit. They played they opened with the Atlanta Falcons. They just played the Dallas Cowboys. Who did they play week two? Now I'm failing. It's failing me who they, uh, who, who they, who they went up against, but, I, well, let's let's ask Mike because he'll know. We go we're to right the, the phones. Oh, yeah, the Patriots. We go to the phones now. We welcome in Mike Dugar from The Athletic. He joins us each Friday Do do 12 minutes for the 12s, get you set for the Seahawks football game on Sunday. Mike, thanks so much for being back with us. We were just talking about the Seahawks. I think, uh, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, that the Seahawks have given up uh, the most passing yards in football. The Patriots, not a great example, but the Falcons and Cowboys – bad as they've been especially defensively those are prolific passing offenses are the Seahawks they're, I'm not going to argue that they're a great pass defense by any stretch of the imagination but are they getting the statistics skewed because of the early offenses that they've played against
3: no I, I don't think so because that's that's why we have um, you know uh, advanced metrics like uh, football outsiders DVOA um, so like that that adjusts for like the league average, and it you know it basically puts in context your numbers because you're right, yeah. Raw passing number, like passing yards allowed, doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. But when you adjust for adjust for opponent and then like put that defensive value over the average uh, of the league average, then you can kind of see. And the Seahawks, I think, are like 23rd. Um, they're way better and than last, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not the they're not the worst necessarily, but, I mean, I'll, I'll put it like this. And, uh, someone uh, commented on one of my athletic stories this morning and tried to make this point. Was like, yeah, teams are throwing it a lot against us, so, of course, they're going to have um, ridiculous numbers. And I was like, well, here's the problem with that, because that's what Pete Carroll believes, too. Just because you do something a lot doesn't mean you succeed at it. And, like, t- plenty of teams throw a lot on a lot of people, right? Like Teams get behind by 20 and throw on the Ravens. They don't put up 500 yards passing. Right, they turn it over. They get sacked. You know, if the Jets came in here in Seattle and threw 60 times, Right, you wouldn't expect Sam Donald to throw 500 yards right. because he threw it a lot because right, the Jets stink. So frequency doesn't uh, equal efficiency. So uh, the Seahawks are, yeah, they're getting a lot of teams throwing on them a lot, but they also aren't doing anything about throwing on them, which is the most concerning part.
1: This weekend, Seattle's going to Miami. The Miami Dolphins, have struggled uh, a little bit, but they get, you know, obviously their first win and they get an extra couple of days, right? Kind of the mini bye week from having played last Thursday. They're traveling to the East Coast. Seattle's a better team than Miami, but I think Miami is maybe better than what people want to give them credit for. There's some talent on this Miami
3: Dolphins team. When
1: you look at this matchup in general, what stands out to you?
3: Um, Well, a couple of things. One, Seattle is the better team, but as the injury report shows, like, you're really only as good as the guys you put out there, not how good like, your team has performed in the past. Right, so this is a team that won't have Quentin Dunbar, that won't have Jamal Adams, um, that may or may not have Chris Carson. Like, these, are, th- these type of players are why people look at Seattle and say, oh, Seattle's better. Right? Like, obviously, they still are better with, uh, without those three players I mentioned. I do think Chris Carson will play. But my point is that you know, when, you're, when you're banged up, it, it's really, you're only as good as who you put out there and they'll have some guys who are making their first starts of the year. They'll have guys playing significant snaps. haven't played uh, significant snaps all year. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they perform. That's, that's one. Uh, two, um, the Dolphins' defense is pretty bad uh, at just about everything. Uh, so, Russ should cook again. Like, I see nothing to suggest that he would not. Um, the other part is that this is another test, just like uh, the Dallas uh, game was for the front line. Or like, Dallas' uh, offensive line, they were starting, I think, an uh, undrafted left tackle and an undrafted right tackle. And they both gave up sacks, I believe. Uh, Jaron Reed had one. Um, who, the other was uh, Alton Robinson against the undrafted left tackle. So, like, it was a good test. They didn't get nearly as many pressures as they thought they should have, uh, considering the number of dropbacks. So, we'll see what happens uh, this time around against a rookie right tackle, I think. No, rookie left tackle, and they have a right tackle in Jesse Davis, who is an Idaho guy that I covered, I believe. Uh, but I don't think he's very good. So you got two shaky tackles on a on an O-line that's, like, kind of decent. So I want to see how LJ and Benton Mayo play on Sunday.
0: Mike, what's up? Thanks so much for being with us. You mentioned Jamal Adams out. Sounds like Jordan Brooks is a scratch for this game as well. Chris Carson still up in the air. But then on the other side, I think Miami, Byron Jones, they're one of the most uh, outrageous contracts of the offseason, but definitely their number one corner. He's questionable. Who knows if what his, his stats is going to be going to the game. seems like injuries at key positions is the overwhelming storyline across the NFL right now. But in terms of the Seahawks, I mean, Jamal Adams has been their best defensive player. How much does that injury hurt them? And just across the board, where's Seattle that injury-wise, how impactful will, will these injuries be uh, come this weekend?
3: Uh, I think again, Russ is gonna cook these guys. I'm pretty sure. Like the only thing that would stop Russ from cooking these guys is if Chris Carson does the cooking and runs for like a buck eighty or something like that. Like I think the way their secondary um, looks. I mean, even with Byron, to be honest, I don't think Russ is scared of Byron um, or DK, for, for that matter. Like I think their their injuries will be just as impactful as Seattle's. I think we'll see how Ryan Neal makes uh, performs in his first start. Um, that'll be big for him. Uh, Cody Barton's making his first start of the year as strong side linebacker, so we'll see. But I think, like, they ha- the Seahawks had better players, like, in front. And, you know, their starters are good. So, like, their depth, the-, the standards would be their depth is a little higher. Whereas in Miami, their defense really isn't good with their starters. I don't believe, uh, at least not their passing defense, and I don't think their rushing numbers are good either. And I don't think, I haven't checked their rushing numbers since that Thursday night game. But considering uh, that Robinson kid at Jacksonville had a good day, then I doubt their numbers, like, had a, had a huge bump. Uh, so, like, everyone on the Seahawks offensively should be able to do what they want on this Dolphins defense. Who knows what the hell we're going to see from Seattle's, you know, defense. With, like I said, guys, a couple guys making their first uh, start of the season. I think the big one will be not having Jamal because if you look at the Seahawks' pressure numbers, their pressure numbers are actually, like, average. They're on league average. Their pass rush win rate is pretty good. Like, their pressure rate is, like, average. Uh, they're, like, top ten in sacks. Uh, no, top ten in pressures, I believe. Like, they're getting to the quarterback, but then you break down those numbers, and Jamal's doing a lot of that. So, if you don't have Jamal and you can't blitz as much, I think the Seahawks are top seven in blitz percentage. If you can't blitz because Ryan Neal is not Jamal, okay, well, then you're putting a lot more pressure on Your front guys to get there again. L. J. Benson, Shaquem Griffin, who just got called up like 20 minutes ago. Um, You know, Alton Robinson. Can these guys get there without you know Jamal blitzing off the edge? So I mean that that's where the injuries to Seattle's defense kind of hit the hardest, or at least I presume them to. We'll see what happens Sunday.
1: Mike Dugar joining us. He covers the Seahawks for the Athletic. Joins us every Friday on 12 for the 12s. You can follow him at Mike Dugar. Also listen to him on the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Mike, the Seahawks, it seems consistent year in and year out that they're a really good football team, good to very good to even great, obviously going back to a couple of Super Bowls, but also have the ability and almost certainly will over the course of a year lay a stinker somewhere, and usually, at least in my sort of recollection, it involves a trip to the East Coast. Now, with no fans, I don't know if that changes it, but is this one of those games, I mean, we expect Russell to have a great game, the offense to be very productive, but is this one of those where sometimes the team can all of a sudden show up and you go, this doesn't even look like the Seattle Seahawks for the first 30 minutes?
3: Yeah, they've had a, a That's a, basically a trap game, um, kind of what you're asking about, especially before they play another uh, a big uh, primetime game next week. So is there potential for a trap? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think so. Um I have, looking at the schedule, I think they have some other ones that would be a little trappier. Um, Philly will be a little trappier because they are bad. I mean, even next week again, if, like with their bye coming up in week six, their week five matchup against a Minnesota team that is probably going to be winless. Uh, coming into that game is very trappy. Uh, both the games against the New York teams are pretty trappy. Um, Seattle's actually been really bad in the month of December in the past three years, um, so their Washington game uh, is pretty trappy. So, yeah, you're right. I think some of those, two or three of those are East Coast trips, so there's something to that. Uh, but I would, I would say not as much in this, with this Miami one. I would say some of those later ones, or even the Minnesota one, because of the looming bye week, is a li- little more trappy uh, for the Seahawks, if that makes sense.
1: Mike, we appreciate you being with us always. Give us one last little gift here. What do you got on Sunday? What's your prediction for this game?
3: Uh, I'm going to go with a lot of points for the Seahawks, not surprising. Uh, 39 points for Seattle, and I will go with uh, 28 for the Dolphins. Very so you get a couple touchdowns, from it fits magic, and then uh, the Seahawks still cover the spread, which is 6.5, I think. And take the over as well.
1: Oh Well, if one team's scoring 39, you almost got to take the over. Of course, the uh, – who was it The Colts scored 36 and still hit the under with the Jets? So that's how bad the Jets are. Man, they're awful. Okay.
3: Yeah, the, J- the Jets are atrocious. <laughs>
1: Mike, appreciate you, as always. Again, at Mike Dugar on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, listen to him on the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast uh, every week and also read him at The Athletic, covering the Seahawks, doing a great job in, uh, and joining us here. We appreciate it, as always, my man. Have a good weekend. Enjoy.
3: All right. Thank you guys for having me.
1: You got it. Thanks, Mike. Mike Dugar. 12 for the 12s we do it every Friday around here in Coulter. Now it comes with an even bigger little ray of sunshine for the people.
0: 12 for the 12 is now presented by Dobie's Teriyaki. Downtown Missoula, back at Stockman's Bar. Seattle-style teriyaki. Could be better. You can get your Seahawks coverage from the dudes from Seattle who make you the Seattle-style right. teriyaki. If you don't know what Seattle-style teriyaki is, you need to know. You need to go hit up Dobie's. If you do know... You're already going there once a week. Now we're gonna make it even easier for you to go there. Second car, 361-3688. I got twenty-five dollar gift card <laughs> to Dobie's teriyaki. Twenty-five bucks can get you about two and a half Dobies going. I mean yeah. you you could eat a lot of food down there and you you could be living just right. Go check out Dobie's teriyaki, best Seattle style teriyaki I've found anywhere besides Seattle. Back at Stockman's Bar. If you go to a call right now, second so caller, 361-3688-25 Bucks, Dobie's Teriyaki. Dobie's Teriyaki proudly presents the 12 for the 12s with Mike Dugard each and every Friday.
1: Student of the week, right after this.
2: Blackfoot, connect to
1: more. Welcome back to Teton Waters, one hundred two ninety ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus on Twitter. That's with you there at one hundred two ninety ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. Well, happy now to welcome in our mattress firm student of the week, a senior from Cascade High School, Madison Wilson, joining us. Madison, thank you so much for being here, especially you got a very busy day here. You're playing volleyball. It's the first of your three sports seasons. And you got a game today, right, coming up. So thank you for taking the time out.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Who are you playing tonight? Um, Tonight we are
4: playing the Augusta Elks.
1: And do you feel just like you're just going to crush Augusta? Are you, I mean, he's pumped up to go out there and just straight sets hammer hammer time?
4: I am. We had a game last night, and our girls fought really well. We didn't come out on top. But um, losing a game last night, we have come with so much more energy to fight and win tonight.
1: You're a multi-sport athlete there at Cascade. You do, you do a volleyball now, basketball in the winter, and then... Uh, a girl after my own heart, you're playing golf in the spring. Good for you. What uh, what got you into just athletics in general?
4: Um, my big sister, she um, played basketball her whole high school career and then ended up getting a full-ride scholarship to go play. And I looked at that and I was like, that's what I want. I want to play sports just like that. And so I started playing, and then I went to every sport that would help me excel in the sport after.
1: And where does your sister play?
4: Uh, she played for Mile City.
1: Outstanding. And what do you think? You're a senior this year. Do you have plans for next year after after school, whether it's college or playing sports or whatever?
4: I would like to go to Bozeman to gain a degree in biology.
1: That's fantastic. And what do you? What do, What about biology? Drew you in? What are you interested in there?
4: Um, in the long run, I would like to become a pediatrician. So you just need a general degree before you can get into pre-med school. And I thought that biology would have been a good degree to get me on that right track.
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that's a great track hmm. to be on. Good for you. Madison Wilson joining us. She's our matches from student of the week out of Cascade high school. And Madison, one of the things that you hear and do a bunch of things, not just sports there in great falls, including working with the food bank and the special Olympics. How did you get into to those endeavors?
4: Um, I, so I'm a member of um, the Cascade Chapter BPA, which stands for Business Professionals of America, and we um, mainly focus on the business um, aspect of moving into the workforce, but we also spend a lot of our time volunteering, and the food bank and the Special Olympics are just some of the things that we volunteer with.
1: And what's the most re- rewarding part of that to you?
4: Um, I love seeing people's faces when you can give back. Like um, when we go to the Special Olympics, we do it in the springtime in Great Falls when they hold their um, state conference there. And just watching the athletes be so excited as you cheer on for them and congratulate them on their winnings. It just brings a smile to anybody's face.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And as you go through your you, which which sport do you like the most between basketball, golf, and volleyball?
4: Basketball,
1: hundred percent. Hundred percent, not even close. And is that because of your sister as well? I mean, how many battles have you guys had growing up playing one on one in the in the in the at the park or in the driveway or whatever like that? Um,
4: quite a few. She's actually eleven years older than I am.
1: So oh man.
4: She, yeah. <laughs> So she would always come out when she would come home to visit and we'd go out on the driveway and she wouldn't let me be done until I could make an X amount of hoops in a row. And if I didn't, I'd have to start over and we'd begin it all again and until I got it.
1: Well, her being 11 years older is like, it's not even like somebody you're playing against. It's like almost like a coach. Does she get to watch you play anything now?
4: Um, sadly, no. She lives in uh, Utah, so it's harder for her to get home to see all of my games.
1: What a terrible uh, idea that was. What's she doing in Utah? Are you kidding me? You got games right. to watch.
4: Right? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a little sister who is my biggest fan. She's 12 years younger than I am, and she's just, she's so excited every time watching her big sister play.
1: Well, let me give your parents a shout out for putting 23 years between the locomotive and the caboose. I mean, that's impressive <laughs> stuff right there. Uh, Madison, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on being the Mattress Firm Student of the Week. We wish you the best throughout the rest of this volleyball season and then obviously into the other sports in the winter and spring and then whatever's beyond for you in biology at MSU and so on. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. There you go. That's how you do it right there. Maddie Wilson joining us. our Mattress Firm Student of the Week. If you would like to nominate a student for the Student of the Week, you go to mattressfirmmt.com. They take nominations all the time. The winner each week gets selected as part of the SWX uh, uh, show. They get a story about them there. And then interview here with us on ESPN Radio. Also, Student of the Year, comes springtime, can you get a $3,000 scholarship courtesy of Mattress firm, outstanding stuff there. Take a quick break. On the other side, Dane Oliver going to join us, the head coach of the Sentinel Spartans, Crosstown Rivalry Night tonight between the Spartans and Big Sky Eagles, the class AA high school football level, and also the next hour, the chick who doesn't know sports. It is Friday. We're going to have some fun. Glad you're with us. 2 Tell Nuon is ESPN Radio.
0: It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear – how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.